Good morning and welcome to Get Up With God. It's good to see you this morning. I'm your host, Dylan Maverick. You're on live with Get Up With God, and it is great to see you this morning. Today, we're going to be discussing the authority of the believer. I can't wait to get in today's episode. Grab a Bible, grab a notepad and a pen, take some notes with you this morning, and don't forget, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, be sure to do that because you'll get all my points of the six points at 6 a.m. that we go over each morning, and they'll be a blessing to you. But thank you so much for joining if you're joining live with me. But as always, let's get into the word together. Let's pray first, and then we'll get into our study. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for all that you're doing for us, Lord, for all that you are and all that you are to us. Lord, we thank you that you're faithful. You're a good God. We love you. God, we just love you and take this time to worship you and praise you. We give you all the, our praise, glory, and honor. We, we take this first part of our day, and it belongs to you. It's like a tithe of our day, a little portion of our day we give to you. It's the least that we could do, the absolute least that we can do to start our day. We just magnify you, glorify you. Now, Lord, I ask that you'd help us today. You'd strengthen us, empower us, equip us, encourage us. I speak over every person under the sound of my voice this morning that they'd be helped, they'd be encouraged, and they'd be blessed by your word that's spoken. And Lord, use me as an oracle of you to communicate this word clearly so that faith is released at the speaking of it. And we thank you, Lord, for help now in Jesus' name, healing peace and life in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Just thank the Lord right where you're at for him being good. Just thank him for being a great, 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 great God to us and a good father. So let's get into this. Open with me in your Bible to John the 14th chapter. And we're going to start our study there today. Again, I know I mentioned it already, but we're discussing the authority of the believer, the authority of the believer. John chapter 14, point number one. The same power that Jesus had when he walked on this earth, the same power Jesus had is available for me and you now. But go ahead and write that down. Point number one, the same power Jesus had is available for me now. John chapter 14, go to verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. What works did Jesus do? Remember what he did? Um, Point number two, we're going to get into, uh, you could write this down, the works that Jesus did. Let me finish this verse, then we'll get into point number two. But since I already jumped ahead, point number two is the works that Jesus did. So most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than he than, than these he will do, because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. We're going to break this verse down. But what what power, what works did Jesus have? What works did Jesus do while he was here on the earth? What things did he do? I'll name a few of them, just to name a couple. He did miracles, healings, exorcisms, and he had a mighty relationship with God. These are just to name a few. Now he was, he is, Jesus is God in bodily form, but he stripped himself of the authority and the power that he had from heaven to walk on this earth as me and you did. He had to be empowered and equipped just like me and you uh, need to be with power from heaven to do the works here on the earth. That's what we saw in the baptism of John. When we saw John baptize Jesus in the river Jordan, he was equipped. We saw the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus like a dove. 
like a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. He's not a bird. But he descended like a dove, uh, rested on Jesus, and lived within Jesus, that Holy Spirit, the power, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and gave him power and authority here on this earth. And he proved himself by declining what Satan offered, not that he could give him uh, you know, the extent of what he said, but offered him the authority and power on the earth. And Jesus de- declined that and accepted the power and authority from heaven. And so Jesus is saying to us, these things that I've done, you'll do and greater works than what I have done, you'll do because I'm going to my father. And, I, and meaning I've only been here for a temporary amount of time. Everything that Jesus did in his earthly ministry was done in three years didn't take 33 years to get that done took 30 years for him to study uh, consecrate himself live a holy life prove himself but in that 30th years when he was empowered and those next three years is when he was equipped to do the work of the ministry and we saw what he did in ministry he the miracles he did uh you're talking about increase with food you know i'm talking about increase food money he saw money appear where money couldn't exist once before uh, he told his people to go down to the, his disciples, go down to the to the riverbank, and as a fish comes up, grab the fish, there'll be money in its mouth. So we saw supernatural increase, supernatural food increase. We saw miracles uh, where uh, what wasn't once one particular type of drink turned into a particular type of drink just by miracle, water into wine. And miracle after miracle of, of food being multiplied. So we saw these things happen. If he can do that, if we saw Jesus do those things and he said greater works, what's greater than uh, miraculous things appearing from nothing? You think you're in a bad financial spot? You think God can't get you out of where you're at? Uh, Jesus is the one that said greater things will he do. If he'll empower you to help someone else, why wouldn't he empower you to help your own self? Come on, that's pretty good. He'll empower you to help you out of a mess that you're in. He'll empower you. He'll help you. But uh, healing, we saw him heal blind, sick, diseased, infected. Uh, he, there was exorcism where he exercised demons out of people. Uh, you saw him cast demonic forces out of um, uh, demon-possessed people. But miracle after sign, after wonder, after healing, deliverance. Jesus did these works, and he said, greater of these will you do while you're here on the earth. So point number three now, he said, ask anything in my name and I'll do it to do it for you. And it's, it's so point number three is ask anything if I didn't name something. So he's not limiting you to only what he did. Wow. That's powerful. Jesus is saying here, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, surely I say to you that he will also do the works that I do. He will also do greater works than these. He will do because I go to my father. Then he adds to that. He doesn't just say, whatever I've done, you'll do greater of those particular things. So let's just say, I know this isn't true, but let's just say for explaining reasons, let's just say Jesus only healed people and um, uh, multiplied food. Like at the the great, where he multiplied the, the bread and the fish for the multitudes. Let's say those are the only things he did. He didn't, he did more than that. So I just want to be clear, but let's just, for example, say that those are the only two things he did, healed people and multiplied food. He said, 
you'll do greater things than what I've done. So that means you'll do greater healings. You'll do greater multiplication of food or, or resources. You'll multiply things at a greater level. He gave you that authority. He gave you, he delegated that power to you. We're going to get into that in a second, explaining what that authority is. Cause that's what he's doing here. He's delegating authority to you. He's giving you the right to do what he's done, but he doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say those two. Again, I know that's not the only two things he did, but it, in healings or, or let's say, yeah, healings and multiplication of food, those two things, you'll do greater levels of those two things. You'll do greater than that. So that's wonderful. You're like, wow, you know, I'll do greater things with those two things that he did. He doesn't stop there. He goes beyond the things that only he's done. He says, and whatever you ask in my name, I'll do. So he's saying, if, if I didn't include everything, if I excluded or if I didn't uh, in, uh, incorporate something that needs to be done, in other words, if there's something that I missed out on that's within my realm of what I did, I'm giving you authority. I'm, give, I'm delegating authorization to you to do the those things that need to be done, even if I didn't do it. Anything you ask in my name. So anything that's asked, not just a few things, anything. And I looked up this word, anything, in the Greek, and it's a very interesting word. It's called, it's the letters T-I-S is what it's called in the Greek, tis. And it means, so it's very interesting. Once you study this out in the Greek, that word anything, it means anything, man or thing. It encompasses everything. It's not very complicated, but it means anything. So name a problem in your life. Think right now, wherever you're at, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching this broadcast in three weeks from now, what is it in your life? What Think of something in your life that you need help in, that you need direction in, and you can't particularly find evidence that Jesus did it. I can't say, you know, I've never uh, uh, seen Jesus do this particular thing. You know, maybe you need a, a help with a car. You know, you need a, a new vehicle. Well, they didn't have automobiles, right, in those days. Jesus didn't drive a vehicle, but they had modes of transportation. There were different types of transportation. But what what what, what do you mean? Wait a second. Uh, I never saw Jesus purchase a car. How do I know that I, I'm allowed to do that? He encompasses that in this verse. At whatever you ask in my name, I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he repeats himself. If you ask anything, tis in my name, I will do it. He's given you authority that doesn't encompass just limitations to what you see. His promises in the word are only, or I should say this, the promises and commitments to material things that God has mentioned in the Bible are limited to the technologies and things that they had in those times. I'm not saying it's limited to that. I'm saying the the, the vocabulary, there, it was only limited to what they had. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's limited to that capacity, though. Your, your, your authority surpasses technology, surpasses uh, advancements in time and, and, and what's happening within the spectrum of what exists during that realm of time you have authority and power delegated to you authorized to you to ask God for anything because he's not going to limit you just to the exposure that he had in the three the 33 years that he had on earth you're going to encounter things that Jesus didn't deal with 
Jesus wasn't married. There's no record of Jesus being married. So there's going to be help in your marriage that you need. Jesus didn't have children. You know, the Bible says that we're all family and, and the children of God. But that's not the context of what I'm talking about. Jesus didn't birth a child with a, a spouse. So according to the word, now you can come up with your own philosophy, but uh, you know, that's, that'd be you know, foolish to do that. We're going to base what we know on the word of God. And Jesus didn't have children, so I need to deal with my child. I need help for my child. So am I not able to reach for that power, that delegation, because Jesus doesn't have record of that? No, I ask anything in his name, and that authority is given to me. That power is provided to me to help in situations that I, that I run into. And you, you could pervert this and go, well, I'm going to ask for, you know, all the money in the world. Well, you know, you don't even know what to do with the money that you do have. So what do you need all the money in the world? Why don't you deal with the money that you do have? Start being faithful with the money, you know, and people get off and they, you know, well, Jesus said anything. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to be stupid. I'm going to ask like a lottery type wish, you know, all right, great. You know, be in loopy world. I'm talking about real reality here making a difference in your life, making a difference in others' lives, being an impact here on this earth while you're here. Time is short. I understand that. But we're here. There's work to be done while you're here. So there's things to be done, and he's given you that authority to do that. I think I've beat that horse dead enough. Point number four, authority is delegated power. Point number four, authority is delegated power. Uh, we need this power more now more than ever, uh, especially in the time that we're in. Uh, but think about this. We, if, if they needed it in the first century, like when Jesus was around and what he did, uh, during that time, think about what we need now. <laughs> you, you know, the, you think about where everything's at, the government, especially my, the country I'm in, I know we've people watch from different countries around the world, but listen, the reality is in our country, the government's out of control. People are out of control. Things are insane. If they needed this authority and power, then we need it now. So authority, the definition of authority is it's delegated or assigned power. We're going to get into that in just a second in point number five. But authority is delegated power. Turn with me into to the book of Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. And I've got a few different scriptures, um, but I think we're in a good vein here. So let's stay where we're at. Ephesians chapter one. Is that what I said? Ephesians chapter one. Yes. I know I've said that like five times, but I like didn't hear myself say it. Ephesians eight, uh, Ephesians 18, one 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? I'm the saint. You're the saint. That's us. So let me read that again. So you understand who he's talking to. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints so that you would understand these things. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? 
which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So in this one verse alone, you can highlight some of these on your own. You probably already have this highlighted. Maybe you don't. But these side note for a second. I'm going to pull a Pastor Rich on you. Pause for a second. Ephesians 1, really the book of Ephesians, but Ephesians 1 and 2 are great um, the Ephesians one, just, just chapter one for a long time. I read that every day, the whole chapter one of Ephesians, because it's a prayer and it really applies to a lot of areas in yours and others lives. It's very, it'll be very helpful for you. If you're dealing with a lot of things to bring clarity, direction, things for your life, Ephesians chapter one, if you'll read that as a prayer and spend time with God in this chapter, it'll help you a lot. But unpause now verse 22 or, or verse 19, 20 and 21 power is mentioned multiple times and there's two different types of power mentioned throughout the New Testament uh, in the Bible. There's dunamis and then there's exousia. And I'm going to break down one of these here in a second on in point number five. But that that word power can mean a dynam like dynamite type dunamis, which means like dynamic, uh, uh, actually demonstrated power, meaning like, like, like lifting a weight, like with your arm, lifting a weight would be demonstrated power. You're exercising your power with your arm. That's not the same power that's explained in some of like the Greek translation of some of these words, power. Some of them mean authority. Some of them mean power in terms of exercised power authority is is assigned power you don't have the power but you've been delegated the power to use on someone's behalf you've been assigned to it uh like a police officer is a great example when a police officer stands at a crossroad and and stops traffic that that police officer will cannot stop traffic meaning it can't halt traffic by its own dunamis power. So you see the difference? Dunamis power is, it's your own, it, you, you have it within your hand to do it. So if, if a police officer had dunamis power to stop a vehicle, he'd put his hand on the vehicle and it, that vehicle going 50 miles an hour would stop on the dime. But we know what would happen if, the, if a car came at a police officer that was trying to stop traffic at 50 miles an hour and mow them over. But that police officer doesn't have dunamis power. No, they might have some strength. I understand that. But the police officer has uh, exousia power or authority, meaning when that police officer sticks his hand out and that car is coming at 50 miles an hour, when that person sees the reflective vest or the hat or the sirens on his vehicle that's parked to the side, and they see that that's, you know, assigned to the guy standing in front of him, that authority stops the vehicle. That authority says, this guy has power, not that I can, uh, not that he can control me, but I know the authority on which he's speaking on behalf of. I know who he's speaking on behalf of. So now within this verse, there's multiple different ways, and you'll have to study that out for yourself. But in 20, 19, 20, 21, power is mentioned multiple different times. So my point is that it's not all just dunamis power where it's power that you possess, but it's power that's been authorized to you. Some of it is dunamis power, but some of that power is what God has placed in you through his authority that he's given to you. So verse 22 now, and he put all things under his feet. 
talking about Jesus, put all things under his feet and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of whom fills all in all. So now we, the church, the saints of God, we as the church have been given authority by Jesus as the head of the church to have the power that he possesses. So that authority belongs to me and you now because he's the head of the church and it comes through us. So now that every power, now I'll get to that in a second, but this power and authority that's been granted to Jesus, he left, but he's the head of the church now. And as we're the church, that authority comes between the two of us. Can't have power in the head without power to the body. Power, the head has power, the body has power. The head has strength, the body has strength. That's how it works. They're connected together. So again, uh, number f- <clears throat> excuse me. Number four, authority is delegated power. Number five, authority defined. Let me define this. In the Greek, the word authority, not power, but authority. Not strength, authority. Authorization means exu- is the word exousia in the Greek, which means permission, power possessed or ex- exercised with influence or privilege. So it's not that you possess the power, but you're exercising that power that's possessed by, by, by God. It's his power ex- that you're exercising with influence or privilege because you possess the relationship with God. You, you, you have the influence and privilege of being the body of Christ. So that power is now accessible to you. I give you this power. I delegate this power to you to exercise. So that's point number five is, is authority defined. Point number six, this is what I've, I'm really excited to, to go into. What he has, this is point number six, what he has, who? Jesus. What Jesus has, you have. Write that down, number six. What he has, you have. What, what Jesus possesses, you possess. It's not that Jesus is, has some unfair advantage over you and, and me. He didn't come to this earth with an unfair advantage. Well, he is the son of God, so of course he could do these things. No, that's not how it worked. He stripped his right. He, he laid down that mighty weight and glory so that he could take on the same um, body as you and me. And he had to obtain the same power the way, same way me and you have to obtain the same power through authorization. He had to get authorized through a baptism. He had to be separated between heaven and earth and he was baptized with the Holy Spirit and then he could do miracles. Then he could work these miracles. Turn into Colossians, the first chapter. Colossians 1, quickly, because we, we have to go. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image, Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Now listen, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Jump over to chapter 2. Go to verse 10, start in nine rather, Colossians two and nine. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and all power. 
In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried it with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now listen, verse 13, and you being dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him has forgiven you all these trespassing, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Watch now, having disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Guess who did that with them? Come on. Guess who's got that same, uh, uh, a disarming principality and power. Guess who that's possess, who possesses that now? Me and you do. We have that same. He made a public spectacle of them, but he wiped out, the Bible says, wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. And he disarmed or stripped the principalities and powers, ruining them of their authorization and gave that to me and to you to exercise here on this earth. Greater works. Say that right where you're at. Greater works that me, that he did, me and you will do. Can't find it in the Bible? You can't find a perfect example of it in the Bible? Ask him. He said, ask me anything in my name. Anything you ask, I'll do it for you because we've been given authority. You're not weak. You're not defeated. You've got power, dunamis power and authority authorized to you. So it's not that you, I was explaining the differences between the two of them, but you have dunamis power. God's provided that to you through the Holy Ghost. He lives inside of you, but you have authority from heaven on behalf of Jesus because he disarmed these principalities. You're not a victim anymore. You're not a victim of circumstances. You may be having some circumstances. You may be within some circumstances, but you're not a victim to them. You can overcome them. You can defeat them. You can get out of them and you can get higher and beyond. And watch this now. Ready? Hold on. You can help others get out of those circumstances. It's not enough just to help yourself, help others, help others get there. It's like at the buffet, you know, you eat a bunch of food at the buffet, well, help someone else, help a little kid get the cake at the back, you know, help him get the food too. Don't just help yourself. Hope this blessed you this morning. It's been a great week. I encourage you to go back, watch some of the other podcasts I have on my channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you, what are you doing? Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure to follow the page. Be sure to subscribe to my newsletter as well. You can go to my website, dylanmaverick.com, and you can subscribe to my newsletter, and you'll get my exact notes from my notebook in your email, as well as a re weekly recap. If you miss an episode or you don't have time to go back and watch one, you get a re weekly recap with all my notes and all the chapters and verses that we go through, and so you can study even further yourself. But share this podcast. Love you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on the next broadcast live. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.